0: Hey, everyone. On this episode, I'm chatting with my friend C.L. King from the Impacting Life 24-7 podcast. So if you want to learn how C.L. overcame childhood adversity and trauma and is now positively impacting the lives of others in a big way, you're definitely not going to want to miss this episode. And make sure you stick around to the end of the show because I have a special bonus giveaway for you. Recover. We are returning to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost. Welcome to the Road Beyond Recovery podcast, and my name is Tamar, your host. Have you ever felt like you were meant for more? Well, I help people discover their purpose so they can follow their passion and realize what they are truly capable of. My mission is to empower people in recovery to embrace their authentic selves live up to their true potential and answer the question what lies beyond recovery for you thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the road beyond recovery podcast you know before i started recording this episode i was thinking how much i love podcasting you know i've been fortunate to be able to do more interviews lately and double up on the episodes that i release every week and you know it can be a lot of work but I think that it's it's such so so much amazing value comes out of it because not only do I learn from each and every guest that I have on the show, you know, I mean, when I started listening to podcasts, I told you it was like a little mini education session. Um, now I actually get to learn as I'm interviewing people, and I get to ask those questions that I actually want to learn more about. And so, and I think it's a really cool platform to get your message out right and and talk to that audience that you really want to make an impact and. Today's guest is no different. I mean, CL just blew me away. His story is amazing and how he overcame that adversity and does what he, do- he does today is just, I loved it. I was i was just entrenched in the conversation and I can't wait to bring that to you. But before we get into today's episode, if you are somebody that feels like you were meant for more, right? If you continue to make resolutions for yourself and a few months later you find yourself slipping back into your old ways and you're frustrated and that negative self-talk is just so loud come join me and learn how to rise in your recovery at my next Purpose to Empowerment Live workshop. I run these workshops weekly. I change the times up so I can make sure that I get different time zones in there as well. But make sure you come sign up. I'm going to teach you what it takes to excel in life and have a healthy mind. I'm also going to talk about why people get stuck in that failure cycle right why do they start something and then a few short months later they just don't have that same amount of energy or willpower and they find themselves going through this vicious cycle I'm going to teach you strategies on how to get out of that and also overcome procrastination and get more done in less time and, you know, also how to stop living in the past because most of what we think is past related. So come join me, head on over to my website. This is an interactive workshop. So you'll get some time to ask some questions and we'll get to chat. Go to www.theroadforward.ca purpose empowerment. And I hope to see you there. Now, I have had a lot of amazing guests on the show, as you know, and I learned so much from everybody that I chat with. And today's guest is no different. I am chatting with my friend CL King from the Impacting Life 24-7 podcast, which is live. So make sure you check it out. I'll, I'll leave all the uh, links in the show notes. But CL and I talk about His childhood trauma, right? The physical, verbal, and sexual abuse that he endured and how he escaped from that life, you know, how he made that decision himself to not let that define him. Because, you know, we talk about the fact that he could have easily been a statistic and ended up on the streets, right? And like so many people do, but he didn't. He decided that he needed to take what he'd learned and help other teens and adults really get away from that kind of a life and embrace their authentic selves and really live up to their true potential much like what I'm trying to do with people in you know addiction recovery and so I love how he didn't let his past turn him into somebody that he wasn't meant to be and today he helps so many people so make sure you check out his show but um let's just get into it because you're gonna love this episode you're gonna have so much energy after you're done listening to it so let this be the fuel of your day welcome back everybody i am hanging out with my friend cl king from the impacting life 24 7 podcast how are you cl
1: oh man i'm doing great it's you know this is so cool that we got to finally get together i think we were trying since the beginning of the year and i'm so delighted that we got a chance to uh, connect in this venue
0: i am as well i'm so honored to have you on the show i can't wait for you to share your story with my audience now why don't you kind of you know tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do today
1: man you know a little bit about cl uh, (laughs) that that's that's almost a loaded question cuz is there anything little with a, with a guy that goes around with two initials i, I think the, the 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 best way to describe me is i'm just an average guy now who ha- who's on a mission to impact ordinary people and uh, married with seven children had a successful tour in the marine corps uh, did a great had a great time there so simplified to all of our marines and and thanks to all of our veterans and uh, my wife and I, we have seven children, and we reside here in Eastern Carolina. This is God's country. And so we have been here for 27 years, raised all of our children here, and uh, four that are still left, they're 20, 20, 21, 18, and 16. I'm hoping one day those four will find another place to live. But, <laughs> but at this rate, probably won't. They're riding the cash cow. And so're we're, we're, we're very, very blessed. My wife is a deaf interpreter. She interprets for the deaf and she's uh, she does a fantastic job doing that as well as she's also an entrepreneur, got her own business and she's crushing that. And so uh, we, we you know, just have decided that we wanted to make our life about impact. And so everything, life 360 and what we do every single day, we wanted to be, that even if it's small, some people get so caught up in viralness like, oh, did I get a million views or did, you know, 19,000 people like what I said? No, if I can just make an impact on one life. So we formed the nonprofit back in 20, uh, 2009 and uh, we have just been uh, it, the, the growth and the opportunities have just been explosive for us to reach people throughout the country and around the world.
0: And I love what you're doing. I mean, just the impact that you're making, sharing different stories. You know, I, I had the privilege to chat with you earlier on today and it was a lot of fun as well. And if you guys could have seen, you know, we're not, we're not doing video, but CL was wearing this tie that was like, I'm going to have to get him to do a selfie with this tie so that we can, (laughs) we can show you guys like, this is a classy man.
1: Yeah, man, we we came on. I, I said, man, I need to have I, when I come on somebody. I mean, I'm a guest in your house. I want to make sure that I ain't coming in here looking like I'm yesterday's news or something. I said, man, no, I need to. I need to step it up for for tomorrow, and uh, especially since you're so far up north. I said, man, I need to. I need to g up. And then when uh, I found out we weren't uh, video recording, I said, good, I can relax now. <laughs>
0: Now he's back in the boxers and the tank top and (laughs) it's like we're having a day at the beach here.
1: That's what we're doing for sure.
0: (laughs) So you know that I love talking to people who have overcome adversity because I think that, you know, for myself personally, my life in addiction has become the key to my success. It's been my ability to discover my purpose to really impact others. Now, your adversity started at a very young age of three going into foster care what was life like growing up for you
1: man Tamar? um i I just want you to know that i'm first of all i'm so proud of you of, of completing your second book and uh you know you inspire me because i'm working on my book and unearthing all of those stories uh, you know, our life is made up of chapters. The Bible says we're living epistles. So as as we go back a little bit, a lot of people see C. L. King spoken to 400,000 people. You know, married, got the great house, all that kind of stuff. But it didn't start out that way, and it started out rough. And and I and I've been writing my book, and and I do it through TikTok, believe it or not. So I do a daily video. And I talk about a particular section in my book because I'm a speaker. I'm just I'm not a typer. I can barely change a tire. So the only gift that God blessed me with was the ability to talk. So I said, why don't I put this in a place that 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 I can go back and listen to and then type it. So at three years old, I I was taken away from my mother and put in into foster care up in Pennsylvania. And, you know, the crazy thing is I can remember that. I can remember the general architecture of this little black kid and being injected into this white family with cows in the field. And it was just a a country setting. And and then I, I fast forward to some time with my grandmother, my paternal grandmother on my dad's side. And I thought, you know, hey man, life is going to be great. I'm thinking this at three, four, five years old. And it wasn't, it was it was actually terrible. And I don't know what the psychology of that generation was, but it was not a psychology of nurturing and, and compassion and not beating folks. So even, even in that arena, in, in that environment, you was, I was hoping as a kid that I could be like the rest of the kids, but it wasn't, man. I was put out in the garage in the middle of winter in Cleveland, Ohio with the dogs, the detached garage in the middle of the winter to stay out there as a punishment. Now, who who does that to someone that they love? And here's my dad. My dad is my my grandmother's son and he's a preacher and he's a minister and, and you know, all the typical accoutrement of somebody, a man of the cloth, but he used to beat the ever-living crap out of me. I when I talk about hitting, I'm talking about closed fist punches. And I, I you know, I, 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 every kid, every boy in particular wants a relationship with their dad. And our relationship was horrific. Uh, one time I did, I'm just going through just a, a very quick 10,000 view, 10,000 foot view. But I remember a time I was living with him. And uh, I was a very nervous kid. I was always having accidents, peeing in the bed, bowel movements and, and such because I was always so scared. I mean, living a life in fear. You know, you would, thought, you, you would think you'd come back and remember the times throwing the ball with your dad or walking and having, a. I, I, I can't recall hardly any of those times. But anyway, one time I was washing out my thermal underwear. Y'all folks in the North know what thermals is, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> And so I was washing out my thermal underwear in the tub because I had had another accident. And my dad came in there angry, drunk. Here's, here he is, uh, alcoholic, uh, drunk all the time. And he held my head under the tub. And I'm just thinking as this is happening, I'm getting ready to lose my life to a man who gave me life, who brought, who helped bring me into the world. And I'm just, I am just it cannot be like this. And it was. And so um, after a segment there with my dad, somehow around nine or 10, 11, you know, the the actual daytime group is a little foggy because I was I was in a lot of abuse there. I wind up with my mother again. I do remember times when I was younger that I would see her in an institutionalized setting where I would I would it would be like supervised visits. You you understand? Well, at that age, I wound up going back to live with her. So this was like the first time that I recall, you know, an actual spending time living under the roof with my mother. There's there's notes that says that I was there with her earlier. I just don't remember that time. And that was probably the stretch uh, Tamar. That was the worst time in my life that stretch from from the time i went to my mother all the way up until i got to my third um foster home and the the dynamics of that were devastating
0: wow that's an incredible story you know no child should ever have to go through that and you're right right as a child thinking why is this happening to me now you also dealt with sexual abuse too didn't you
1: yeah you know and that and that's the part and you know as a 46 year old uh, tough marine it's it's a challenge to discuss that and but it did happen and the the environment that we were in during that season was all different types of people coming in and out of the houses and apartments drug dealers drug users alcohol everywhere and so my sister who i love to death and and uh very close with she was there at the time she was a couple years older than me we both were sexually abused by i'm just going to put it out there in this general term family members and non-family members okay Mm -hmm. and uh and and the abuse piece was multifaceted i'm talking about severe malnutrition when I did go to school, the teachers would give me double breakfasts and double lunches because I was so skinny because we had nothing. When I and, and and I know that writing this book and finishing this book, you know, my mother's still alive. I believe in honoring your mother and father, but I cannot help the story that I was given. And uh, so we used to get abused uh, regularly, beat regularly, uh, uh, house lights off, electricity off. So poor kids would push food through the fence to me. I remember standing on one side of the fence one time and and a kid gummed up some bread and just shoved it through the fence for me and uh and and put some man put some mail I'm not mayo, but mustard in some sort of baggie and sent it to me so I could put the mustard on the bread. That was very, very common. It was also common to eat in soup kitchens and and in homeless shelters. And this is going on in a time period where I'm trying to formulate can life is, is life always going to be like this and we got whooped with a with a belt that you familiar with the kind of material a fan belt is made out of Tamar on uh-huh. a car it was it was a thick material like that I still got scars on my body to this day from those whoopings and uh how I got out of that particular timepiece was uh I had ate I had eaten a brownie that my mom's husband had brought back from a soup kitchen there was no other food in the house. And I remember going into that that dark green refrigerator and I saw that brownie and I took a little piece of corner off the brownie, formed it back, went away, came back, did the same thing four or five times until the brownie was gone. Here's what my mom said the next day. I'm going to beat y'all until someone tells me who ate my brownie. And uh, that's actually the title of my book, because I said I was not going to get beat. Another time with that thing, I was not gonna get beat with extension cords. I was not gonna get punched in that face. I was not gonna get hit on the head. I was not gonna get starved anymore. I said, I am done. I knew that at 11 years old, I'm done. And so I told my sister, I said, you know, I ate the brownie and my sister, God bless her heart. She was not gonna tell on me. I said, listen, I love you. I kissed them the next morning. I kissed her, I kissed my baby infant sister. I walked out the front door, left it open and stayed on the streets. For not five, but six months tomorrow by myself. Wow! And I knew I was street savvy, so I knew going into home homeless shelters and soup kitchens and, and the whole nine. And you know, under understanding why people are just okay with this. Well, this is you know, this is the '80s. These are the early '80s, and life was just different then. And uh, I got, I finally got put into a a um, a group home. And in that group home, I'm thinking, okay, I'm in a place where people are paid to take care of me, right? No, I was the youngest kid there. Maybe I was 12 years old at that time. I was 12 years old amongst 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, so you can just imagine what happened there. I was the fresh meat. I was the new naive kid, and uh, all the things that could go wrong physically and sexually did in the group home, the Better Way group homes. They're now debunked and closed. And so uh, they took me out of there because they knew this stuff was happening, put me back with my grandmother. The abuse continued there with my dad because he would come over to my grandmother's house and beat the crap out of me. One day he punched me so hard when I was washing dishes, I had got a knife under the water. And I said, if he hits me one more time, I'm gonna shove this thing down his throat. Well, he didn't hit me, thank God. Maybe he saw that I was washing the knives real slow. (laughs) And so it, it was like, OK, my grandmother took me back down to social services, dropped me off because they I wasn't a bad kid in terms of violence or, uh, you know, aggressive or any. I was a, I was a, a scary kid. I was failing everything in school, but I wasn't bad, like, you know, whatever. So at any case, she dropped me off at social services. They put me back in another group home. Uh, that happened again, the same abuse, the same physical sexual abuse. So then I got put in a, a foster home. The foster home was good. It was a good start to this road to recovery, And and but that foster home didn't work out. And so they said, we got to put you in another foster home. So here's the third or fourth foster home I've been in in 12 years. And I'm a kid of the system. You know, the, my whole life, I re- recall being a kid of the system. So the last foster home is the marquee. It is the apex. It's the zenith of this transformation, Tamar. My foster mom, Ruth E. Plowden, was a drill sergeant. I love that woman. She had 83 foster kids over 30 years, and I was her favorite. I know I was her favorite. She had 83 foster kids. She said, Chris, you can take all of that junk, all of the abuse. I know exactly what happened to you. I know the anger and the depression and the stuff that you go through. You can take all of that to use it as an excuse to be out on the street with with your pants hanging down, drinking out of a brown bottle, slanging rocks. You can use that as an excuse or you can use it to change the world. And Tamar, I said, okay, I'm going to try this change the world thing. So she got me plugged into church on the North Coast. God bless Pastor Louis and Tina Canton, which was just a stone's throw up the road, a church of 2,500 members. They took in this black kid, put me on staff at the church, sent me over to England, spoke to thousands of people over there as a young 18-year-old, graduated, went in the Marine Corps, and here I am today, Tamar. Thank God, have spoken to over 400,000 people, and with this message of this simple thought, no matter the adversity, you still can make it.
0: Oh, I love that. That's incredible. And it's so empowerful. Now, I have to ask, because for me, when I was in a life of addiction and, you know, it, it lasted 20 plus years, that became the norm to me. And I think that also didn't allow me to accept that I had a problem, right? And that I needed to change. So, you know, was there any part of you as a kid growing up that actually thought, that this was normal like this is just how life was growing up or did you know that no, nah, there's got to be something better like i know that kid next door might not be living the same way
1: tomorrow i'm telling you now i was very conscious of that i was very aware that all right here's me and my sister sweeping up hefty black trash bags of roaches in, a, in our apartment filling them up i ain't talking about just a few roaches i'm talking about sweeping them in dust pans and filling a trash bag up full of roaches i said man this, this, life can't be like this life can't be going eating burnt beanie weenies with a bunch of hairy old men at some soup kitchen. Life can't be like this. There's, there's gotta be something more, even though I didn't have exposure to all the great things. You know, I didn't have the visions of being an astronaut or being a, a, a neurosurgeon or a physicist. I knew that w- the realm that I was in, that was not the realm that I was supposed to be. And it, all it took was all it took was somebody saying, Hey King, I know what you've been through and, and I know where you were but I want you to know that there's so much more for you. Now, let me just tell us I'm 46 years old. I still to this day wrestle with some of the demons of the childhood. A lot of people, a lot of people think they see me and they, they, they think, oh man, he's got it whipped. He's got it licked. He got it down. No, I don't. I'm just as flawed as anybody else, but I've never abused my children. I've never sexually abused my kids. I've never beat my wife. I mean, I, I'm not perfect. I ain't a perfect dad. I'm not a perfect husband. But I will tell you this. It was those times of adversity and those times of brutality that I realized I don't want to be like that. Now, I've got other flaws. I mean, what as who else doesn't. But I still wrestle with that. And I have to realize that that was a time, you know, especially writing this book. That was a time. But I also am thankful to God that he brought me out of that time. And where I am today is nowhere near where I was 25, 30 years ago.
0: Right. And, you know, you I mean, you nailed it on the head. It's overcoming that adversity and realizing that you don't have to be like that. You can actually use that to discover your purpose. I mean, let's be honest, you could have and statistics show you could have ended up on the streets. You could have been in another statistic where it's like, oh, you're in jail, you're using drugs, right? I mean, I fell into addiction and I didn't even have that type of upbringing. I had a very warm, loving, nurturing upbringing. It was just how I responded to alcohol because I wanted to be different. I didn't want to feel anymore. Um, right. And, you know, having basically the odds completely stacked up against you, you still ended up finding your purpose as a result from everything that you went through can you kind of talk about that early part of your journey and how that made you feel
1: yeah you know i think the first time i think the first time you know i realized that hey man there's something special here was really cultivated at church on the north coast because they took this kid from the projects i mean not from the projects; they took this kid from the hood that was a foster kid that was just up the road from the from the church they knew Mom, they knew the Plowdens had all the kids from the hood. Mom took all the rough ones. She took all the ones that no nobody else wanted, Ruth Plowden. And when I got engaged with them, Pastor Tina Cayetan, she got me involved in going into the inner city, believe it or not. And uh, starting. we helped start a, a ministry called Joshua Kids. And every Saturday, we'd go pick up these kids and they'd have me out there because I've always been this very mild, non-dramatic person, right? I, I've, I've always been this on the edge, let's get it, let's throw it up in the air and let's make something happen. So they took me in the in the neighborhoods and we grew that thing to 300 kids every Saturday bussing in to, to, to church on the North Coast. And that gave me an, a glimpse into, hey, Chris, you've got you've got so much of a higher purpose. Look at these kids who are on a similar path that you were on and you got an opportunity to speak into their life. And I don't discount any words that that someone could say or any encounter that someone could have. And so when when Churchill North Coast invested in me, coupled with what Mom Plowden did, I realized, man, th- this is something that I truly feel is my God given mission in life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, do you consider yourself an overachiever? Because I know, because of what I've been through, and this gets me into trouble, and it's where I struggle today. Is I tend to go all into things that I'm passionate about, right? When I get excited about something, like you said, you throw things up in the air, it's like, let's do this. I do the same thing. But of course, with an addiction background, I get addicted just as much to this good stuff than I did to the things, you know, back that really affected my life in a negative way. So do you kind of see yourself as that too? Like it just gives you this continuous drive where you're met with this brick wall that sometimes you're like, whoa, I gotta slow it down a little bit.
1: Yeah, I have to be mindful. The best thing for me is that I've I have a, a, a team. Uh, you got to meet Greg earlier today, but our, our team have actually uh, keeps me balanced. Uh, but yes, you're right. There's some there's some segments of my life that uh, I'm I'm over the top. Like I will just continue on. Like some some days I'll do, you know, tw- twelve podcast interviews, and then I'll do the show, and then I'll record everything, mix it down, then I'll make a new live video. Then I'm I, I, it, it really is hammered down. But but I think having other people around because I, I realize that's why I do the show the way we do our show is that I, I the show isn't about me it's about everybody else and and I'm and and so I'm feeding and that's kind of like my fuel my team my family my wife uh, helps give me kind of balance because they, she tells me that sometimes like she gets mad. When she sees all these Saturday pre-interviews, she's like, uh, hello, you got a family. And I'm just like, hello, I'm trying to get us to I'm trying to be like the Jeffersons moving on up. Come on, help us out. <laughs> Did they have the Jeffersons in Canada? <laughs> they do, they do. So, so, and 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 I think us people in the content space tomorrow, we're driven, man. We we know where we want to be. And it's just like, man, if I could just get to that one, you know, Hacksaw Ridge. Have you ever seen that movie that is a military movie, right? The guy says, just let me get just one more. Let me just get one more. And I feel like, man, if I could just if I could just put one more thing together, if I could just reach one more life. Come on, God, you ain't finished with me. And so, yes, I do sometimes get over the top. and My wife pops the bubble every now and then when she has to. <laughs> well,
0: it sounds like you have an amazing wife then.
1: Yes, yeah, she's awesome.
0: So let's talk about the podcast, because I love what you guys are doing. Um, You know, what inspired you to start the podcast?
1: Well, you know, Tamara, I've been blessed because when we started our nonprofit back in 2009, uh, we started and I knew what my skill set was. It was speaking and inspiring young people and teachers and stuff. And so we did that and it started kind of slow. I mean, the first event I did was like three kids that were there and they were asleep. So that was that was that. Uh, but as we started growing and things started moving, tomorrow, we started seeing that, man, we were doing 25,000 kids um, a year. And it's just like, oh, man, 5,000 people at this event. And I'm like, man, hey, Greg, we owe you something, baby. Um, but then after we formed our nonprofit, we, we held the largest bullying conference in North Carolina's history. Greg and I put it together. It was called Bully Free and NC. We're like, man, we're there. But everything centered and succeeded off of CL King. You know what I mean? I was the brand and, and you know, I was like the Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman, but I was the vacuum. And so in 2019, I said, Greg, I want to do another, I want to have another platform. Number one, as a speaker, you oftentimes have to wait for people to invite you based off of your overtures and reaching out to folks. And I said, Greg, I want to have another platform where we don't have to wait for someone to invite us. So let's do a podcast. And like you, I ain't know nothing about a podcast. I'm like, what? Okay, I'll just kind of Google it, see what's going on. Let me jump right in there. I said, I know I can talk. That should be good enough. <laughs> and it wasn't. First episodes were train wrecks, absolute disasters. I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't pay the local dog catcher to listen to those. But here's what happened: we we stayed consistent and then after 30 episodes i said greg i'm tired of listening to myself it is not just about me let's bring people on from all corners of the globe that are impacting life they don't have to be oprah they don't have to be though we would take oprah but they don't have to be denzel they don't have to be any of these people they just can be ordinary people that have done extraordinary things in life and so we changed our format and we began to have having Amazing people like yourself, Tamar, on our show, and uh, God has really moved through it. Tamar, when we first started, nobody was listening. I mean, I would look at the download analytics; there'd be three or four downloads, and I said, "This, I'm obviously in the wrong space." And uh, now it's in ten different countries all across the country and around the world. And the and and I believe it's because people just want to hear authentic folks. Who have overcome things or who are making an impact, and that's why our show is called Impacting Life 24/7. We're on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday with new people, and it's not a it's not a very structured show in terms of I'm going to ask the people the same questions. No, because every every show is different. I had a lady on that lost her leg, got severed all the way up to the to the to the hip, and it was it was an accident. She got hit by a drunk driver. She was a, she was an aspiring singer in New York. Just one instant Tamar and her whole life was tur- turned around. And you know what she did? She said, I'm not going to quit singing. That woman kept singing, Teresa, uh, I gotta remember her last name, but she kept singing. She sang at Walter Reed's, she sang for, for Senator Clinton. She sang all over the world. Why? Because she said, no matter the adversity. I still can make it. Just had the guy on a couple days ago, the scars guy. This dude scratched his arm while he was swinging his baby on a normal day and wound up getting the flesh eating disease that almost killed him off of just one instant. In a matter of a moment, your life can change, Tamar. So that's why we said, we are going to do everything we can to impact one life one day at a time. That guy now speaks all over the country. He was just on our show after after all the things that he went through, 16 skin grafts, all different types of rehabilitations. Now his voice is, is a voice of, uh, of of impact. I'm gonna have Tamar on my show very, very shortly in May. I wish I could have her tomorrow, but Tamar went through went through hell, a, a mortal combat in her life, a struggle with an addiction. And you know what? There are gonna be people who got it looking all together on the outside. They're gonna be watching our show that night. I'm gonna pray over that show, Tamar. They're gonna be watching that show and you're gonna speak words of life. You're going to impact somebody. And that's why we have the show. That's why we do what we do, Tamar.
0: Wow. I, and I'm so excited about that because, you know, I've just recently been very vulnerable about my own story, you know, because there's this stigma around addiction, there's this stigma around people who have overcome adversity as well, you know, that, um, You know, oh, well, you must, you know, you're going to go back or and and I've just decided that, no, you know, that's not how I want my life to be. I want it to be better. And that's why I've really immersed myself into the world of personal development and helping other people and coaching. And my purpose continues to grow now. You've also you're big into personal development. And you actually created two life and pro uh, improvement. Let me speak English here. Oh, he's putting on the tie. Oh, I might have to take a clip out yeah, of,
1: this. You, <laughs> a of. this one because this so uh, too good not to have a picture of this one, right? <laughs> oh,
0: this is amazing. Um, but yeah, you have a, a two-part life improvement series called Gear, and the second one is called Grind Mode. Can you oh, tell yeah. us
1: about that? It sounds oh, awesome. Oh man, it's it's off the hook, man. Uh, sometimes I just practice it on my staff and they're just like, King, you've <laughs> lost your mind. Uh, well, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, I, here's what I recognized uh, for gear. Everything that I do, since I'm a continual process improvement guru, everything being a Lean Sigma certified green belt, everything is a process. Everything is process. So when we created gear, we wanted to help young people, young adults, at risk youth f- get unstuck. See, and, and I'm going to let it out, OK, because I didn't spoke for a lot of chicken dinner, so I don't mind letting my stuff out. All right, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give it to you quick. The G stands for identifying your gifts. Here's what I tell young people, putting fries in a basket and pushing a button and, and saying, welcome to McDonald's. That ain't a gift. That's work. That's labor. Anybody can do that. And some people say, well, what if my gift is something I don't like? Then find something you like and turn it into a gift, See, because think about it, Tamar, when somebody brings something to you, somebody brought me this nice water bottle. Think about the feelings that are induced when they give me something, right? That's a gift. Mm -hmm. And, And every time I get to stand on stage, I use my gift. I don't work. I don't feel like it's working at all. Like right now, time is flying because I'm in my gift. And so the G is identify your gifts and let's tap into it. The E in gear is understanding the energy and endurance. See, Tamar, you got, I didn't plan for this. I didn't know you was going to ask me this question. huh. This right here is a 25 pound weight and it takes energy to pick it up off the ground, but it also takes endurance to be able to continue to push it. And if your audience is watching or listening, I'm pushing this thing over my head. What a lot of people don't recognize is that your gifts are going to require energy, And endurance. And so we teach the young people. Let's say, I want to go into cosmetology. Well, let me tell you, honey, you're gonna have to learn chemicals, you're gonna have to learn chemistry, you're gonna have to learn a whole lot of stuff. It's more than just braiding hair, baby dolls, more than just putting on wigs. If you really wanna understand, you gotta understand the energy and the endurance if you're gonna stay in the game. The A is activate. I you know, when I started my podcast, probably just like you, Tamar, I started. I said, you know what? I ain't got the, I ain't got everything together. I ain't got no good equipment. I was running straight ghetto, like I was back in the hood. But I said, I start. I activate it. Oftentimes, people have a gift. They might even understand the energy and endurance required, but they never start. They never get busy. They're saying, well, I gotta wait. I gotta get my degree. I gotta be dealing you know, the you know. And by the time they're done, they're seventy-five years old and never started. So we say the A is activate, Tamar. The A is activate. And then the last one. Boy, this takes so much energy. The <laughs> last one is <laughs> monitoring and expecting results. I expect results. Now, I know that's a little, that's a little edgy for some people. And they're like, well, every kid on the field should get a participation badge. I'm like, no, life ain't like that, sweetheart. Let me just tell you real quickly. Results matter. If they didn't matter then you wouldn't see prices on things. If they didn't matter, you wouldn't see stop signs on the road. If results didn't matter, you wouldn't have scales. <laughs> and so what happens is, and I t- I talked about this in my weight loss journey, <clears throat> I was radical and I-, I probably addicted like you say. I was going the opposite direction. I was losing my mind. I- I'm doing insanity by Sean T. So it's crazy, crazy workouts every day. And guess what I would do three or four times a day? Take a guess what I'd do three or four times a day. relative to results (laughs) i would get on the scale oh every freaking day i would get on the scale you know why now now some people may not agree with me i can only give you my results i cannot give you a scientific explanation behind it but here's what i said i wasn't watching the scale when i got up to 272 I wasn't watching the scale when I was putting Ho-Ho's and Twinkies up in my, up in my grill. I wasn't watching the scale when I was going to fish fries and eating collard greens. No, I wasn't watching the scale. And that's what got me in trouble. I didn't know about the results that was happening. Oh man, I feel the Holy God. I, 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 I didn't know about the results that were happening in my life, tomorrow. And so it's important in the gear model that we understand and identify and seek results. And if what you're doing isn't working, it don't mean you need to quit. It means you need It means you need to change your trajectory. When a plane experiences turbulence, it ain't time for everybody to put on their parachute and jump out the plane. It's time for the pilots to find smooth air. Am I talking to somebody today, right? <laughs> and so you got to recognize your results. Hey, man, we're, where we're at right now is too turbulent. I got to fix this. I knew in my show, I got to shut up. I knew in my show, the first 30 30 episodes was whack. It was all about me. I said, I got to find some different results. As soon as I made it about others, our show exploded, tomorrow. So that's the gear. Grind mode. They got to go to clkingspeaker.com and find that out. (laughs) Woo!
0: I, you know, and it's funny that you mentioned the scale thing, because when I'm, I've been on a constant, you know, weight loss, trying to build that healthy relationship with food, but I will get on the scale because I'm like, Hey, you know what? If I didn't do what I had planned on doing yesterday, how does that affect me? Oh, okay. Didn't work out so well today. We're going to switch gears. And it's just that constant. I want to make sure that I'm heading in the right direction. And if I'm not, it's okay. I'm gonna fall flat on my face sometimes. I'm gonna screw up because I still do, right? Like you said, you're not necessarily the perfect father, the perfect husband. We don't have to be. It's right. are we making one small step every day to head in the direction that we want to in our lives?
1: Tamar, you were you were you were not aware until until God intervened and you got you got uh, a coach. Um, you were not aware. Of the trajectory of your life, you you didn't you didn't understand or see the results, you you were in the moment, you enjoyed drinking, you enjoyed getting your party on, and that was cool, but the results was you was killing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just 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 like me, and and the last R. Some people argue with me about this. Well, you know it's 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 okay, and, and listen, it is okay. Small steps, great distances. It is okay. But you need to make sure that you're looking at the results of what you're doing. And uh, you know, those out there that fuss at me about telling you that every kid on the field don't get a participation badge because life is not like that. The real life that we live in that tomorrow and I living in, if you don't put out content, your podcast sinks. If, if you don't pay the electric bill, guess what? You're going to be learning how to use candles. Life is about results. And so we teach people in our gear training to monitor and expect results. I don't want you to settle for second when you can be first. Ain't now I'm going to let this go after this. Ain't no Olympic runner. Ain't no high school runner. Ain't no NBA player said, I can't wait to finish second today. Ain't none of them said that. And we excuse it away, like, well, you did your miss. Congratulations. I say, yeah, but I, I know that I can be first. So if I know that I can be first, I need to go back to the lab and do what's necessary for me to get to first, the energy and endurance, the activation of the energy and endurance, and then finally the results. Tamar, I'm sorry for talking so much.
0: Oh, I, you know what? Bring it on. Talk away. I am. I seriously, CL. I could talk to you for hours about this kind of stuff because this just gets me revved up and exciting. And this is what I want to get across to the audience: that it does not matter what you've been through in your life. You can achieve anything if That's you right. just believe in yourself.
1: You get this boat I see my cam- camera's backwards, so I got to get the bow tie straight. We good now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and you know what, Tamar, we gotta be real. Okay. We're talking twenty twenty was the worst time uh on the calendar in our lifetime. In a in not just in a generation, but in a century. And if you don't think you're needed now, Tamar, if you don't think your story and your book is needed, um, you're crazy. People need to hear because you know what, I just saw the statistic, man what was it man i just cannot remember oh my goodness the percentage of people that have started drinking during the covid-19 the percentage of people that gained weight the percentage of students that were failing in school so they need someone that has a story that says hey listen i was right there and uh i know you're in an adversity se- everybody thinks every season is is going to be where you flourish man sometimes there're seasons that are that are that are so anti-productive you're just like my goodness how can i even survive listen in the worst time in our lifetime i bought a brand new house bought a brand new car and my podcast exploded so here's what we need to teach people that no matter the adversity you still can make it tomorrow
0: so true so true very wise words um so cl where can people learn more about what you do find the show all that kind of good stuff
1: Man, it's real simple, clkingspeaker.com. And uh, if you'd like for us to do a virtual event, we do virtual events to keep people safe. If you'd like us to do live events, we do live events. We follow all the social distancing requirements. And uh, we have, oh my goodness, after doing, after reaching almost 400,000 people, I don't even list like the content. I mean, like the names of the speeches anymore, because I realize that when I'm when I'm asked to come to an organization, I want to know what that organization wants me to deliver to those people. What do you want those people that hear C. L. King to walk away with? And that's what we. That's the way we tailor our messages now. Um, and so we've been we've been speaking professionally since 2009. And so you can contact us at C. L. King Speaker. Dot com. I'm on also all the other social media, just look up CL King, but, uh, I don't get hung up on that. You know, some people l- look at our live broadcast and they say, well, man, you only had hundred views or you only had 400 views or whatever the case may be. I don't get caught up on that. I get caught up on the bigger thing. And when I look at them results on the, on the bigger metrics, I'm like the world is listening. See y'all, y'all got Y'all got to understand sometimes you, you wrestling over 15 cents and you missing $15. So, you got to position yourself. We repositioned ourselves from just caring about what's happening on Facebook Live and on Clubhouse and all them other places. We said, you know what? We want to reach the world. It ain't every day you get to talk to 10 nations when you download something.
0: So true. So
1: true. Let's get it, baby.
0: (laughs) We're going to change the world. Thank Mm -hmm. you, CL, so much for being on the show. Honestly, it was an honor to chat with you. I enjoyed this. The time went way too fast today.
1: Yes, and you know what, Tamar? I think we're having you. uh, We got to put a plug for you because I want everybody to come listen to your show. We're gonna do some advanced promotion for yours. Uh, When did you? Do you remember when you booked? Sometime in May. Yeah, but see, see, that's the problem, Tamar. You can't. You got to remember where you. May fifteenth. a Tuesday. Yeah, she's gonna be on our show, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not plugging my show. I'm plugging this amazing lady's story. (laughs) Tamar is uh, got a story that is truly. Remarkable. And uh, I'm looking on my calendar now. She's on May the 11th. I love him, uh, yeah. So our show is, is live as well as uh, on podcast. And I want everybody to share about tomorrow's story and let's get people to connect with that. Because let me tell you something, what she overcame. Uh, I told her, I said, I feel embarrassed. Come on, on your show. I'm just a rookie because <laughs> what you what you did was truly a life transformation. And so May 11th, we're looking forward to having a rock and sock and show, sister.
0: I'm super excited. Thank you so much, CL. All right. Thank you. Okay. So you heard it. May 11th, I'm going to be on the Impacting Life 24 7 show. What did you think? CL is absolutely amazing. Make sure you follow him on social media because I just love his message and how much he helps people. And I hope you really enjoyed that show. And like I mentioned, I've got a freebie for you. You can currently download my first book, Hope Elevated, have a PDF version delivered right to your email box. Just go to www.theroadforward.ca slash beyond recovery and pick up your free copy today. Of course, you can also buy the print version or the Kindle version on Amazon. And guys, I look forward to seeing you on the next show. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. Did you know that our dreams can become a reality? When you determine your purpose in life and you allow that purpose to guide you, anything is possible. It just takes action. Don't wait until you're ready. Start to create the life you were truly meant to live right now. I am super passionate about my mission to help people live up to their true potential. So if you want to learn more, check out my website at www.theroadforward.ca and until next week, keep exploring what lies beyond recovery for you.